the Drabblecast, episode 268. The Drabblecast is a weekly audio fiction magazine that brings strange stories by strange authors to strange listeners, such as yourself. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. So hey, some fairly big news here you might be interested to know. Back in the day when I started the Drabblecast, there was pretty much only one other podcast I knew about cranking out free and exciting audio fiction, and that was a science fiction podcast called Escape Pod, run by a fellow named Steve Ely with his slogan, Have Fun. They were a direct inspiration to me, and I thought I'd give fiction podcasting a go, and since then, Drabblecast has turned into something I'm pretty proud to be a part of. So I was honored and blown away when Murr Lafferty asked recently if I was interested in taking over for her as Escape Pod's chief editor in 2013. Of course, I was as excited as a Mongolian schoolgirl to say yes. Murr's done a great job over there, and I'm looking forward to continuing the have fun tradition and producing some great weekly sci-fi. Now also I can quit my job standing on the side of the road waving advertisement signs. It's unnerving knowing you could, at any point, be replaced by a stick. If you like science fiction and you're not subscribed to Escape Pod, give it a shot. EscapePod.org. I start up there in February. And of course, the Drabblecast will keep on keeping on as always. Nothing changing around these parts. We've got some really awesome stories coming up for you, actually. I mean, really, really awesome. Lined up for the spring, so look forward to that. All right, let's kick off this mother with a hundred-word story. This week's Drabble comes to you from the Drabblecast's community fan cast, The Dribblecast, where anyone can try out their narrating and audio production chops, in addition to 100-word story writing chops. This one's called The Sea Gods, and was written by prolific and talented Drabbler Lawrence Simon, and produced by Jonathan McNeil. The Sea Gods by Lawrence Simon The psychiatrist arrives just in time. On the rocks, the sea god is arguing with himself, shaking his trident, raising waves higher and higher. Neptune fighting Poseidon again, Sam? He asks, climbing into the rowboat. Yep. I say, lighting my pipe and pulling the rope from the mooring post. Poor god's mind is cracked. His delusions are getting worse. The doctor pats my shoulder. Go! I row out into the swells. Fifty yards out, he puts a needle into my shoulder. Just relax, he says, the storm becoming calm. And as my eyelids grow heavier, the massive sea god vanishes. You've been listening to the Dribblecast, fishing port by way of podcast of the Dribblecast. Find out more and participate in both by visiting Drabblecast.org's forums. This production featured sounds from freesound.org. That's Dribblecast.org. Go and check it out, folks. Like I said, anyone can be a part of the Dribblecast, producing and uploading stories. You'll find details and instructions on the website there. You can get started by grabbing a story you fancy from the public domain fiction zone in the Drabblecast discussion forums at forums.drabblecast.org. There are literally thousands of hundred-word stories there written by fans just like yourself. So, speaking of sea gods getting into your head, for this week's feature story we bring you I Only Am Escaped Alone to Tell Thee by Chris Reynaga. 
Chris is a first place winner for the 2012 Writers of the Future and a recipient of the Bazanella Literary Award for short fiction. He's had stories appearing in such venues as The Book of Cthulhu 2, Cemetery Dance, and Expanded Horizons. You can follow him into the dark heart of the woods at www.christopherreynaga.com. This story made the recommended reading list for the Stoker Award last month, so we're pretty pumped to have it on the show. Special thanks to Dave Thompson over at Podcastle for sending it over our way. Stories read to you by Graham Dunlop, a voice you're definitely familiar with if you listen to fiction podcasts at all. Graham's read for Escape Pod, Pseudopod, Podcastle, Cast Macabre, and Cast of Wonders, and here on the Drabblecast. So get ye ready, me hearties. Without further ado, we bring you I Only Am Escaped Alone to Tell Thee by Christopher Reynaga. Whatever you do, don't call me Ishmael. Don't call me anything at all. Give me my pint of piss-poor ale and leave me be in this yellow corner where men relieve themselves when they're too lazy to make three extra stumbling steps to the streets of Nantucket. I'm done. Finished. Come to this hole to die. And if you insist on speaking to me, I'll find a deeper hole than this dying excuse of a whaling town can offer. No, I do not want another round, nor your sick curiosity. Why can't New Englanders, most stoic of men, keep to their business when a dead man walks among them? Yes, dead though life still beats in this heart. It does not matter that I'm the only survivor of what happened to the Pequot out there in the deep. I'm marked by it. (laughs) I see now. It's not me you want at all, it's him. Captain Ahab, Old Thunder, the god and monster among men. Ahab the cracked, the insane, the captain who would cut the throat of his own wife and son and lap up the blood if it would give him revenge on the white beast he hunted. I heard the rumors of his madness on these very docks before he shipped out. Now you want to know all. How wrong you are of him. He does not deserve your eager eyes and poisoned tongues. He was nothing of the monster you imagine. For his sake alone, I will set this tale to right. The captain was no saint, I'll have you that. My first sight of him was his savage backhand to Pip the cabin boy for touching the scar on the captain's face as he made his way up the quarter deck to address us. Ahab was the iron hand on the ship's tiller, as all good captains are. A good captain would have you in irons if he smelled mutiny in your blood. I saw in Ahab's eyes that he'd heave you over the side. 
There's no man on this boat fool enough to have signed on without having heard the tales. I've seen to that. You're not the finest whalers to board this ship. You're the boldest, the most dangerous, the most desperate. I have seen to that. I want no common harpooners here. I hunt greater game. You've heard of the white leviathan that took my leg and left me with this. The captain lifted the shroud of his pant, revealing the greasy white bone, carved in queer, twisted angles that made Pip gasp and me squint my eyes till he dropped the cuff again. You know the wealth and gold I offer. This much is true. The rest has been lies, ones you have told yourselves. It is not a whale we hunt, but a god. A tentacled and winged god greater than the greatest whale that ever lived. <laughs> you must think me mad. And I am, but mad with knowing what's in store for this earth. For when that beast took my leg as I dangled in the green moss that grows from its fish-belly white tentacles, I saw into its mind, and it left a splinter of itself in mine. It means to kill us all, and not because it's the Lord's instrument hailing the end of days. This beast is the end of all gods and men. If there is any of ye that wants no part of this hunt, I will leave ye in a whaling skiff with a day's food and water to row the thousand miles back to shore. I do this not to doom ye, but because it would make no difference to your fate. This thing does not care that ye exist. We are krill to its massive jaws, and it will eat ye here or in the deepest landlocked desert ye can hide. You laugh. You drag me from my corner to hear his tale. And now you laugh, just as we sailors did. You there, hold your tongue. And you, shut up and hear me well. You would, you would not laugh had you seen the worms that clawed their way from Queequeg's belly, or the ungodly glow that led the ship into the beast's waters, or the madness that took Pip as the boy began convulsing and speaking in tongues. You could not have laughed the night Ahab pulled me aside on deck and tapped the hollow-sounding horror of his leg. Ye looked upon this, he told me. Yes, sir, I said, and beg your pardon, have no desire to again. You looked, croaked the mad cabin boy Pip, hanging from the rigging above. I looked, it looked, it looked, it looked. You were the only one besides the boy to not close your eyes to it, said Ahab, pulling me closer. Do you know what it is? A peg leg carved from a whale's bone, sir. No, Ishmael, he said, drawing up his trouser again. It is my leg. 
All of it. Those twisting angles were in my eye again. An impossible shape of horrifying white melded to the flesh of his neat like wet, diseased wood. It stung my eyes to look upon it, and in the moon's glare it seemed to writhe in impossible directions, as if the twisting point of it met not the deck, but plunged through to some other realm. Pip began screaming above and did not stop until the captain cloaked his leg once more. It's growing up my thigh, making more of me itself each day. Do you think me mad now? Do you know why I hunt a beast I know I'll never kill? Why, sir? I have a wifeish male and a son. The boy who loves singing and counting the stones he lines up on the porch steps. A boy with my voice and his mother's sweet blue eyes. I will not tell ye their names, for I will not let it hear me say them aloud. My life is over. I do this for them. I do not think we will ever succeed in killing the beast, but if I can slow it down for one moment, I will gladly throw my life into its jaws for them. None of you are laughing now, are you? I see I have your rapt attention. Eyes to mine, mugs not quite meeting your lips. <laughs> you could never find it in you to laugh again had you seen it the morning it rose from the waters to greet us, God Almighty. The watch on the mastered that cried, There she breaches! tore the eyes from his sockets even before he tumbled to the deck. I breach your last to the sun, cried Ahab. Thy hour and thy harpoon are at hand. He turned to the whalers and shouted, Down, down, all of ye but one man at the fore. Look not upon the beast. The boats stand by. Ahab gripped my arm. Ishmael, ye are my bowsmen, for I know ye can cast your eyes at its horizon without going mad. Do not be tempted to look directly upon it. It amazes me still that I had the fortitude to step into that whale boat. The oarsmen pulled for their lives, knowing they had no life left. But they were blessedly turned away from the rising horror that only I and the captain at his steering could see with averted eyes. I cannot describe the wrinkles and scars that covered the monster's forehead like hieroglyphics tangled with the stumps of rusted harpoons. I focused on the green moss that grew across its dead white flesh, pretending that I was racing towards moss-wet cliffs that did not have great claws rising from the depths. It must have been one of these claws that reached over us and tore the ship down into the sea with a terrible chorus of screams and breaking timber. I could not look 
Ahab was already at my side, harpoon in hand, screaming to the men, My God, stand by me now! Stand by I could not, for the crashing wave of the monster racing to meet us swamped me and my oarsmen overboard and into the milky churn. Ahab rode through it like a titan going forth to meet a god, buoyed up by the strength of his unnatural leg, his blessed spear gripped in his hands. From hell's heart I stab at thee, Ahab cried, and flung the harpoon from the sinking whaleboat. It flew true into the great god's bottomless right eye, the only moment I glanced into those eyes. Those eyes knew me, and in that moment I knew I was forever marked. The beast flew forward with igniting velocity, wanting to swallow us with those eyes. The great tentacles reached to grasp us like a lover. Ahab gripped the harpoon line and heaved against it, twisting the spear in the great socket with a spray of black ichor. Something gave in the beast, some impossible nerve, and the creature lashed backwards into the sea, dragging the harpoon line down with it. The loop of it caught Ahab around the neck, and voicelessly he shot out of the boat before he even knew he was gone. Next instant, the heavy eye splice in the rope's final end flew out of the stark empty tub and smiting the sea, disappeared into its depths. I do not know why that great man sacrificed himself for you, but no man here deserves his providence. You believe Ahab is mad. He is the Christ come to try and deliver us all. And there's not enough blood in him to save us. <laughs> None laugh now. None of you can laugh. My words have hooked into you like fishing lines, like the rope that dragged poor Ahab down into the depths. I see that when I tug that portion of my mind. I can make the cup roll lifelessly from your hands, make you twitch where you stand, the spit running from your chins. I too have something twisted and white that the great god gave to me, but it is growing someplace deep in my skull. I hear it now. I know what it wants. I know I'm no safer than you. But even as I hear the distant screams of Nantucket begin to roll in like the tide and watch the flood of seawater fan beneath the door, that twisted white part of me knows that I will be the last to die in this world. It is my fate to tell the world its story and hold you fast with the harpoon of my voice. T'was rehearsed by thee and me, 
a billion years before this ocean roiled. <laughs> Fool, I am your eulogist as it slouches toward us like some rough beast waiting to be born. was our story. Hope you enjoyed. Herman Melville meets Howard Phillips Lovecraft. I like it. If you liked it, one great way to let us know would be to send a donation our way via the support options off our website, travelcast.org. You can use PayPal or any major credit card to make a one-time donation or sign up for an automatic reoccurring $5 a month or $10 a month subscription. Your support allows us to pay authors for their work and keep these engines a-going here. We really appreciate anything you can give. And for a little musical bonus for you this week, pertinent to the seafaring, bizarre whaling theme we've got going on, stick around at the end of the show for a tune I wrote about milking whales for cheese off my first CD, which you can also pick up at travelcast.org in the merchandise section. <laughs> so here's a quick promo for something I'm involved in that some of you may be interested in if you're into fantasy fiction, pirates, and general coolness. The voyage will be dangerous. It may involve fights with temple ships, and it will almost certainly offend the sensibilities of the current administration of Major Major, as well as the priestess and her, um, what did you call them? Pet lizards. You had him at Dangerous. The Guild of the Cowrie Catchers, a novel of pirates and Panamandora. You made me sad, Gerard. Come back. Come back, and maybe I won't make so many things bleed. Written and narrated by Abigail Hilton. Book four, Out of the Ashes. A Grishnard, a Foxling, a Leopon, a Leon, an Ocelon, and you. A half-breed who acts more Grishnal than he looks and brought a plague upon his last allies. A forbidden book. Wayne, for a smart person, you can be pretty stupid. I don't know anyone else like that. No one asked your opinion. A pirate prince. Polivar, what are you doing? An idea. Whose time has come. The Guild of the Cowrie Catchers. Find the story at cowriecatchers.com or subscribe in Podio Books, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher. Silvio? Silvio? Let's go change the world. If you're not following Abby Hilton's Guild of the Cowrie Catchers already, you should give it a shot. I play the voice of a devious, snarky, pansexual fox. Book four gets intense. That's cowriecatchers.com. All right, moving on to our 100-character story winner this week, a story called Airline Safety by Drebblecast forum member H.R. Duffin Stuff. Here goes. 
The cabin attendant said that infant buoyancy devices were available. In the water, four babies kept me nicely afloat. Oh, that's horrible. Love it. Think you can write a good story using only 100 characters, not counting spaces? Give it a shot. Post it in the TwitFix section of our discussion forums, linked off Drabblecast.org. You might be next week's winner. Follow us on Twitter for the winners early each week and other goodies. We're at the Drabblecast. So that's our show, folks. Remember, Drabblecast is produced with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means don't change or sell it, but feel free to share it all you like. Write us a review on iTunes or wherever you pick up our show. Blog about us. Tell a friend. Spread the weird. Special thanks to our kick-ass episode artist this week, Steve Santiago. Steve works as a graphic designer and freelance illustrator in Fresno, California. You can view more of his work at www.illustrator-steve.com. So, our program is brought to you by myself, Nikki Drayden, Managing Editor, our Submissions Editor, Nathan Lee, Editor-at-Large, Matthew Bay, our Art Director, Bo Kyer, and with additional help from Tom Baker, David Carvin, David Steffen, Jake Webb, and Jonathan McNeil. We'll see you next week, weirdos. Until then, this is Norm Sherman, reminding you, ye think me mad, and I am, but mad with knowing what is in store for this earth. lads and lasses and listen to me tale. Remember those days when men rode waves to hunt down a mother whale. Those ocean waves sent men to graves, made widows weep and wail. All for the glory of a good drinking story and the cheese of a humpback whale. Young Jack Taylor was a mighty fine sailor and he knew how to handle a teat. He had whiskey for blood like every sailor man should Was the best milk man in the fleet They were out three days when he heard her break the waves With the crash from a thundering tail Off the starboard bow there was a humpback cow Get the milkman ready to sail Get the milkman ready Get the milkman ready Get the milkman ready To sail She was a demon whale from the pits of hell. She blew fire from the top of her head. She was a meaner baleen than they had ever seen in any nightmare they had in bed. But young Jack Taylor was a mighty brave sailor and he stood and he raised his fists. Even the devil's got nipples, so get up you sorry cripples and let's milk this son of a bitch. There was hate in her eyes as they tossed the lines to hold her steady and true. She rolled to the side and brought her tail up high and then slammed her back down on the crew. Young Jack Taylor was a mighty quick sailor And he dove as she shattered his boat Climbed up a side and then he held on tight And he buoyed her down with a rope Get the milkman ready Get the milkman ready Get the milkman ready To sail
those others while the crew tried to wrestle the beast. The runners tossed ropes and buoys and nets while the priestess oiled up the teats. The milkers lined up on the belly of the whale at the captain's orders they squeezed. While the nipple master scaled that mountain of tit and filled his barrels to make whale cheese. Well, that's the tale of that humpback whale and young Jack Taylor, too. Heard people say that he's alive today and the captain of his own cheese crew. Also heard that if you listen good and you believe in this old drinking tale, between the sound of the waves you can hear him say, to say